Hello, this is Dr. Shiva. Welcome to our podcast, Get Educated or Be Enslaved. Episode 965, air date June 6th, 2021. So if they only have seven years left, five years divided by seven billion, let's say roughly they got to make what? What is that? 400 million per year, right? Is that right? No, no, more than that. 700 million per year. So if that drug only hits, let's say, a million people, they have to charge 700 bucks per month, right? You get what I'm saying? That's a math. So just keep that in mind. Now, that is the synthetic drug practical market for pharmaceutical companies. High liability, high risk, and they only have seven years if they make it through. Now come vaccines. And by the way, Here's another number you want to take away. Ten years ago, they used to put one dollar into that outdated R&D process and they used to get ten cents back. Today, pharmaceutical companies put one dollar and they get one penny back. So are drugs a good business for them? They're not. And in fact, the FDA is allowing less and less new drugs because of the side effects. Now come the vaccines. 1962, John Kennedy passed the National Vaccination Act which is a real problem based on old science saying that your immune system has only to do with antibodies. 1986, people are getting injured and a guy called Ted Kennedy, the brother of John Kennedy, didn't get rid of the 1962 Vaccination Act because he wanted to preserve his brother's legacy. That's what Kennedys do. He instead bolstered it by creating the National Vaccine Injury Program which indemnified pharma companies. So you can't sue them in court. So pharma companies are like, wow, this is pretty cool. You can't get sued. And thanks to Operation Warp Speed, because virus, because the vaccine is a biologic, not a synthetic molecule, which you just learned, right? It doesn't have to go through that testing. You can fast track it. So imagine everyone here is now a vaccine manufacturer or a pharma, pharma company. Wow, it really sucks to go into this synthetic drug space. Let's all go into vaccines. I'm not going to get sued. And I can fast track stuff. So I don't want people to get lost without recognizing that this is about money. This is about money. It's like if all of us got into the car industry, and bicycle industry was failing. But in the car industry, you can create cars where the engines fall out, where the tires come off and you're not gonna get sued. That's what the vaccine industry is, and it's growing at 17.4% per year. Quite an amazing return. So now you come to us, the citizens watching this, you know, there's all sorts of theories. Well, vaccines can have bots in it, they can have this in it, and you can keep going. Where's that going to get us? Not that far, but you can try to go explain to your neighbor what I just shared with you, whether they're pro-vaccine or anti-vaccine. And that's what we have to build. We have to build. So with these college students, we need to start educating people in a very practical way that this industry has nothing to do with public health. Let's not even call it vaccine. Let's say it was maybe shooting a radiation gun at you and you know curing you supposedly, right? Not, it's something else. So the real issue is they've come up with an intervention that needs no testing, 
it generates an incredible amount of return, and it's about saving a trillion dollar industry that's tanking. This is why they need to get up to 70% vaccination rate. As I said this morning, 30%, let's say they even hit half of that, 30% times 7.2 billion people, 2.1 billion people, they get $20, that's $40 billion. Pfizer has to make about 15 billion this year, so their stock price goes up, so their CEO gets his 50 million in bonuses. So we have to make this very practical. So when we start trying to figure out policy on this, yeah, we have to go down and start educating people about this very practical nature of what's going on. Otherwise, people are going to think you're an anti-vaxxer, you're a pro-vaxxer. They're not going to understand the foundational pieces here. It's about making money in an industry that has no guidelines anymore. So I'd like people to sort of orient themselves from that standpoint when they talk about strategies. Thanks. students do in colleges who are being forced to get vaccinated before they get allowed to go back to school. My question to you is this, as a student, if this university that's supposed to teach you science and scientific method, based on logic, facts, and evidence, is that illogical, that unscientific, to push this vaccine on you before you attend it. How intelligent and enlightened is this school and the faculty? So to me, it's a condemnation of this uh, socialistic public fool system we got, the public schools and the government, or government subsidize and fund the schools that that you don't pay the tuition, students, the government does, so they get to charge the government whatever they want and to build their empires of faculty and buildings. You know, there's no responsibility to you, the students. And that's the problem, and that's what the internet is changing. Real learning is you go on your own, look up and read and know things and innovate and create. I learned this stuff about freedom law school with the taxes, not from some law school, I went on my own alert from the best people out there who were 1990s and 2000 years, knew what they were doing, and that's how they get better at kept researching and researching. So I would say this to that young man or woman, maybe you might want to go to a different school that actually teaches you things that are scientific and sound. My question has to do with Billy Gates from hell that we were talking about. Um, he is such a menace. Can't we get him on any of the crimes that he has committed? You talk about in India and in other countries. We know he's done the sterilization. But what about all the things he's funded? The WHO, the CDC, the, um, this, this whole COVID debacle, this fraud. So. Maybe it's for Sheriff Matt too, whoever has an idea. Like, what can we get him on? Including maybe taxes, right? Because he, he, he donates to companies that he has stock in. Can't we get him on that at least? Or something? <laughs> 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 
state or the federal, even the local level, spend some time looking at, not just Bill Gates and Hell, but there's a whole bunch of these guys. My colleague Bill Jasper wrote a cover story about George Soros himself, like a huge list of potential criminal charges. There are so many. And when you realize the average American commits three felonies a day, you realize these people probably commit 300 a day. Uh, there are endless potential laws that could be used to target them. One of the big problems is that the Department of Injustice, uh, state attorneys general, and all the way down to the local level, we have two things going on. Incredible corruption. Uh, George Soros has been buying prosecutors for a very long time, for obvious reasons. Uh, we also have terror. Right? A lot of these state attorneys general who are conservative in conservative states, they would like to do that, but they also realize that they would be going up against a, a monster that is so much bigger even than a state attorney's general office. So uh, that's the real problem. They need a backbone. They need to know that the public will support them. But to, absolutely, these people are criminals of the highest order. And I think by the time this is all over, we're going to need a Nuremberg 2.0. Everybody involved in this Just wanted to say, in 1964, Martin Luther King made a statement. Injustice everywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. Um, today, I see you guys talking about what I see as the luxury of liberty. But I want to talk about the basics. You know, I would like to know where all this energy is at. When you have men that will be gunned down by law enforcement at that, in the streets, I don't see you guys speaking up about this. What you guys are talking about is insignificant to this kind of situation. What you're talking about is just the luxury of liberty. We're talking about basic liberty. What do you guys have to comment on that? I certainly am talking about basic liberty and, and I've dedicated my life to it. Uh, you and I talked earlier and there's definitely some problems there. Uh, and I, I love Martin Luther King what he said and the example he said. Um, the left doesn't seem to like Martin Luther King what he stood for now. And, and it's a shame that they're trampling on his legacy because he said, you cannot get rid of hate with more hate. Only love can do that. And that's, that's what we're about. And we're not going to violate uh, the rights of anybody to go after uh, any criminal. And that's what I want every person in law enforcement to understand. And we've forgotten our roots. You're right. We forgot uh, a lot of the basics. But everybody up here kind of has their own deal that maybe doesn't apply to that. I mean, he certainly does. He's going after helping people against the worst bully criminal organization in America. You know, it happens to all of us. Doesn't matter what color you are. It happens to all of us. And he helps a lot of people. I hope that the sheriffs will help a lot more people. Yeah, thank you for your question. Incredible book. The book review will be in the New American Magazine in the next few weeks by uh, Bodhi Bhabha, uh, one of my favorite pastors on planet Earth. He now runs the uh, African Christian University in Zambia. And he actually takes a look at all the data on this question. And what he shows objectively, conclusively, is that uh, law enforcement officers are actually more likely to shoot uh, an individual of European heritage than an individual of African heritage. And if you look at the numbers themselves, a police officer is significantly more likely to be shot by uh, a, a suspect of African heritage than a, a, a black person being shot by a cop. I think the problem is the fake media has gotten us into a frenzy about issues for a particular reason. 
uh, book that Bodhi Bauchman wrote, Bodhi Bauchman incidentally is, uh, is a black American, although he says he's not an African American, he's an American. Um, he, he looks at this and he says that what they're doing here is they're trying to divide us. So anybody getting shot by the police is a problem. It doesn't matter if you're blue or purple or yellow. In fact, as a Christian, I, I even reject the concept of racism. We all came from Adam. God made us out of one blood. set for us. They want us to be angry at our local police. Uh, really, I think there's a purpose for that. They want to nationalize our police departments. How do you think your law enforcement is going to be when it's controlled out of Washington, D.C.? We've got to stand with our local police. When there is injustice, it must be taken care of. We have mechanisms for that. We have a very good process. We have jury trials. Whenever a problem occurs, it should be dealt with. But I think we need to deal with you know, the issues that really are going to destroy our freedoms and destroy America instead of the issues that the fake media wants us to think about. Hi, my name is Valerie and I'm from Rapid City. Welcome. Welcome. <laughs> Dr. Shannon, did you not mention something about actor Biden? Did somebody mention actor Biden, as in opposed to not President Biden, but the actor Biden? So, Alice, hey, Q and I, Person, I swear by the truth that President Trump is still president, that the military has been in charge, that the deep swamp has been drained, that these traitors are in Guantanamo or worse, that the news has not told us yet, that there's a phenomenal revolution that's taking place across the planet that starts with us. And so I want to know from Dr. Shiva, how can I be a force for good in the revolution in my hometown. What can I do now? Well, I'm not aware of those things, okay? So, finish. Um, what I do know is this, that I think we have to take a very practical approach and look at what's right in front of us. What we do know is that when working people, as I talked about this morning, actually build a bottoms-up movement, that's when significant change took place. And we can't have rose-colored glasses on, or we can't have ideas that we can't, I mean, if you have the proof on this, great, but I don't. What I do know is that in the United States today, 25% of people are unemployed. What I do know is that there's two Americas right now. The America of the 5%, whose wealth has grown incredibly, and that of the 95% of working people whose wealth has declined, whose incomes have declined. And both parties do not want to address this material fact. And that we have an incredible amount of censorship, we have an incredible amount of surveillance of everyday people, and I think we need to look at these basic big elephants in the room. And look, I have, I've talked to a bunch of cute people, okay, and I've told them, look, you trust the plan? What are you talking about? What plan? So I hate to break your bubble there a little bit, okay? Look, the truth is, the day Trump got into office, everyone said, trust the plan. And for the last four years, the American working class waited and waited and waited and waited. And nothing happened. And this was a way to suppress the American working people from their history of fighting and building a movement. So I say stop trusting, quote unquote, trusting the plan. Trust yourselves, and let's build a movement 
And that movement begins by understanding there are certain physics to building a movement. There are fundamental laws, just like to building an airplane or building a bridge. And what, what has happened is people do not want to do their homework and understand there's a physics. So, you know, the last 40 years of my life separate from building, you know, technologies has been about understanding how do you build a movement. There's a system science. I'll talk about it more when I go outside, but if you go, take your time and go to truthfreedomhealth.com, there is a curriculum you created. You can learn it, so you don't have to go to MIT. We have to start building a community of people who understand there is a science to building a movement. People knew about it in the 19, early 1900s. So I would say, you know, I think I did an interview with some Q guy, and I said, look, I said, wake the hell up. Stop trusting this plan, it didn't happen. All right? And we need to, we are the plan, and we need to exercise the plan. So let's wake up a little bit. And I want to read the, the doctor that, you know, you don't have to trust anyone necessarily. You take action yourself right now. You can get involved with local politics at your county level, for example, at the precinct level. You can learn more about the constitutional law and your rights and sue government agents and agencies, like I've done. Okay, and I've won. And I've gone to jail also fighting corrupt judges, okay, as well, and prosecutors. So you don't have to sit back. The thing is, just get involved, do what you can. These evildoers will always be there. But tyranny needs to be always resisted and fought. And just do your part. And you're happy with your God and yourself that you've done your part. Hello, uh, my name is JJ. I'm from the Space Coast of Florida. Uh, God bless Ron DeSantis, by the way. Uh, he's a state president. So my question is for Alex Newman. Um, Alex Jones thumped the table real hard on that uh, Rockefeller document, and so I got up, up, uh, up on my duff and I read it. It's not very long. It talks about uh, lockstep, uh, which we know about. It talks about hack attack, which I think is, is going on right now, the hacking of the pipeline, and some kind of beef thing. I, I heard about it. I didn't dig into it. But there is also Clever Together, which I guess is some agoristic vision of like how we respond to the interruptions of the pipe of the supply chains. And there's a fourth one I can't remember, but my question is, it didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. There was something missing to that document. I, we could nutshell it and say all of this goes towards the one world government, but I thought I was missing something. And I want to know what your thoughts are on that document. What's the, what's the goal? What's the plan, the agenda? I think one of the things that they do, and it's not just with the COVID, is they run exercises and drills and they put out reports and they do war game scenarios where they practice what are they going to do in this hypothetical scenario. The overwhelming majority of the participants don't realize that this is actually set to occur at some point in the future. I think the Rockefeller document is best understood as something like that, giving everybody in the right mindset. So you circulate this document among policymakers, opinion molders, key leaders. And so they're thinking in these terms when the actual crisis occurs, they already know what to do. They already built the train tracks and just drive on the track. So it's already been thought out. Same thing with Event 201. 
Uh, you mentioned the hacking attack. I think that may be the next frontier here. If you listen to Dr. Evil, Klaus Schwab, uh, the, from the guy from the World Economic Forum, he actually warned us, he's coming cyber pandemics that is going to make the COVID look like nothing. So it's coming. Uh, they're going to try to plan some sort of major cyber attack. The pipeline and the meat uh, company, the JBS, may be just the first part of this. And I think the objective there is to build a whole new layer on top of the internet. They want uh, digital certificates. They want to make sure that you can never make another anonymous comment on the internet. Everything you do is tracked. You need permission to do everything. Uh, and, of course, people will beg the government then for assistance. And I think the Rockefeller document is best understood in that light. It's something that we've seen with many of these other, uh, not just false flag operations, but incidents that happen where our freedoms end up getting stolen. And I think that's the best way to understand it. Anybody else? Let, let me uh, also add this perspective. Uh, the American Society of Civil Engineers uh, rated the United States infrastructure, we're talking about things breaking down. Uh, the United States had a D minus in infrastructure. A D minus. Massachusetts, where MIT's at, got an F minus minus. So think about it, right? So the infrastructure in this country for the last 50 years has been falling apart. The infrastructure is how we get public health. Healthy people, right? Healthy infrastructure, etc. So the elites in this country are not investing in infrastructure in any manner. And by the way, after they even allocate money to infrastructure, so if they put $2 trillion to allocate to infrastructure, it takes 10 years in the United States to even start an infrastructure project. So after a billion dollars gets, let's say, put into a highway road system, it takes 10 years because of all the corruption between Republicans and Democrats even build anything. So when you're talking about things breaking down, yeah, it could be a cyber attack, but let's just also look at something even more practically. You got a bunch of incompetent people who can't build anything anymore. The infrastructure in the United States is falling apart. And I just want to point out the question that was asked relative to race, etc. In the 1960s, the civil rights movement of black and white people was about the singular call for building infrastructure in the inner cities. Robert Kennedy Sr. literally took over the civil rights movement. There was a bottoms-up movement, including people like Malcolm X and others, who wanted infrastructure in the inner cities. And what they reduced the civil rights movement into was political correctness and pitting blacks against whites through affirmative action. Today in the United States, the infrastructure in this country is falling apart. And to distract from that, they'll talk about all sorts of issues. So again, taking it very practically, the United States has a D minus in infrastructure. Yeah, it could be cyber attacks, but it could be something very simple. There's not enough capital, there's no investment, and the global elites who control global capitalism, whether they're white, black, red, or yellow, will move their headquarters. If it's not in New York, they'll move it to Singapore, they'll move it to China. It's about movement of capital. Follow the money. We don't have infrastructure in the United States. This question is for Richard Mack. My, my name is Kevin Reynolds. Um, will, the, will the sheriffs ever be able to be used to actually prosecute those who commit the crimes, the commit uh, crimes against the Constitution? Uh, I don't know why the, the 